G'day, community, and welcome back to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. We're here. I'm Lekdog, and I'm here with Damo and Patch. We're here to talk about bloody AFL. It's been a few weeks, fellas, but we're back after a long, long rest. Well, to be honest, we haven't been resting, but we've been having a lot of fun doing Supercoach BBL content. Jump on the site and check that out. But Damo Patch, holiday period is behind us. Damo, how was it? It was good. I mean, I got stuck into Supercoach BBL, so obviously have been focusing on that. And it's been good to try my hand at another format more seriously. And to be honest, I'm not doing too badly. You're doing very, very well, Damo and Patch. Has the BBL bug bit you or are you uh, too busy moving during a pandemic um, to uh, focus oh, it, on things? It bit me um, and then it turned out that I got a rather nasty cricket infection um, and my team died and fell off a cliff um, <laughs> because I, I couldn't keep up. I missed a round, I missed a bunch of trades and it was just like I love the format. I love listening to all of you wonderful people banter about it, but I just cannot keep up for the life of me Um and um, I'm a cricket purist as well. And none of this, you know, hit and giggle T20 stuff is really, really tickling my, my vibe, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm just sitting there, just test cricket on, just watch, you know, Marnus Labashane and Will Bukowski just block it for four hours straight. Just hook that to my veins. Um, you want a super coach test cricket, don't you? Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Oh. <laughs> that'd be so hard. Oh, it'd be so <laughs> awful. I Yeah, no, it'd be the worst. Um, but I want it. I want it. Um, but anyway, we, we won't go into that because, you know, we've got to keep it reasonably short today. Um, one of us is working and probably shouldn't be recording a podcast. And to protect their identity, we won't tell you who it is, just that, uh, that we'll call them L Dog. No, that's not. <laughs> Maybe we'll go Lek D. Um, it's too obvious. Lek D. Um, Anyway, yeah, we're here to talk about AFL Supercoach uh, because AFL is still a thing. It's uh, it's it never never gives up, just always relenting. Um, what what format? What are we doing? You've you've got a very fun format that I'm very enjoyed that you picked the name of. Uh, yes, dog. Talk talk us through what we're doing today. We're going to be doing our locks, stocks, and a two smoke and barrels pod, ah. where we each go through our locks ah. for the year players we're buying stocks in and the players we're going to shoot in the head because they aren't relevant to our super coach plans this year and it's important to get stuff kicking because boys it's not that far away the preseason for the afl and uh, i'm starting to get a bit amped up starting to get a bit excited i'm seeing a lot of photos and videos of adam sart in the navy blue and i'm very excited but let's move on let's go straight into it i reckon Let's start off with our locks because I think this is something that a lot of people are going to have uh, people they've got locked in their side. And I think we're just going to cover off on why these obvious selections are pretty obvious in our eyes. And I reckon, Damo, I reckon we could start with you because I see your list and you've got a couple of uh, players who were first selected in my team as well. Um, so the first one for me is still side bottom, pretty much because he's a mid forward and uh, you're telling me that I can get a, f- a midfielder that averages close to 110 most years as a forward, lock that into place. And then uh, Rory Laird, you usually lock and load him in defense anyway, but this year you've got the added flexibility of have him being midfield eligible as well. Yeah, I think both are fantastic selections. Both will be very 
highly selected. Still side bottom, only the nine games last year, averaged 109.4 for us in Supercoach. And obviously, you know, he, he missed for a variety of reasons and couldn't get back into the hub in the end. But the good news is he's forward eligible. And I think alongside Patrick Dangerfield is going to be well, you'd think the most highly selected forward. Yeah, I think he's going to... I think people are tossing up between Sidebottom and Dunkley, to be completely honest. And I've actually got both in my initial team at the moment. Um, but I think that's the main two that people are tossing up between in their forward lines. Well, I don't want to get into Dunkley too much because the Bulldogs discussion is going to upset me, but let's take a look at Rory Laird as well. I don't want to go too much in this. I've got a little Rory Laird thing coming up, a little bit of a preview for you folks at home. Damo, Rory Laird, defender midfielder, talk to me about him because, geez, he's a beautiful prospect this year. He really is, and moving into the midfield at the end of last year, he produced some massive numbers for Matthew Nix. Um he, pr- he pretty much averaged 100, I'm going to say 115 off the top of my head of, of those last five games. It was 117.6, 118. It's pretty bloody high. It's pretty good. And then he had scores of 185 and 120 leading up to that as well, doing similar roles. So I just feel like he's someone who we can um, rely on. And he's usually someone that finds his, his way into most people's teams anyway. There's there's a couple of things to look at here, Patch, for Rory Laird. He's consistent, plays a hell of a lot of games, even if you don't believe in the midfield time, and, and, and I do believe in it because obviously Crouch has left that team. They're not going to plug that hole with... I don't think they're going to plug it with like a Sean, Sean, Harry Schonberg, that sort of player, but even if Laird's midfield time doesn't increase, even if it's decreases... He still plays a super coach friendly role. He still is. They want the ball in his hands in defence. Uh, I think just regardless of where he plays, he's just going to be a good selection this year. Yeah, I mean I, they're obviously tending towards youth, and I think yeah, Schomburg will get minutes. Lockie Scholl, they'll look to get the ball in his hands, but they're not ready to wean themselves off their dependence on Laird any stage in the next couple of years. Um, and you know, obviously Crouch leaving there. There's a void of significance. If Laird gets even a little bit of that that void, then yeah, at, at this stage he's he's as, as lockish as you can get. It's beautiful, mate. And Patch, while we've got you, what are your locks for the two thousand and twenty one season? So my locks, uh, as I uh, mentioned in our, we did a, an initial team reveal on the website. We all threw, you know threw gum at the wall and see what stuck and Luke Ryan stuck for me um, in defense um, loved him last year was excellent last year as he was basically playing full back um, and this year he shouldn't have to Damo will obviously be able to to talk more about that but he'll he'll have a bit more freedom hopefully take a few more intercept marks um, be a bit of a pod you know I know you love a good point of difference like dog um, yeah locked into my side for the moment Yes, yeah, so he averaged 107 for the year, started kind of slow, was averaging 90 and had a bit of an up and down start, but went bang in the middle of the season. And actually the Draft Doctors did a great podcast on this recently on Defenders and they talked about Ryan and they talk about even if he has effectively the same output, uh, he's a great selection. But as you pointed out, he shouldn't have to play fullback 
that much this year. They should have their key defenders back. Damo and, and his scoring should maintain or increase. Yeah, Joel Hamling and Alex Pierce should both be available. And they've also got Brennan Cox. Um, and uh, they drafted Heath Chapman as well, who's able to fill that key post as well. Um, he might even play a very similar role to Rory Led, move into playing some midfield minutes, especially with Nat Fife pegged to playing a centre-half forward, full forward role. Yeah, I just I think that's a, a beautiful selection patch. Not currently in my side, but geez, he's working his way in. Do you have his price in front of you? I do. $576,500 he does, which is he's the second most expensive defender on the list, which will turn a lot of people off, um, especially because there's so much value back there. You've got, you know, Williams, um, you've got all these players sort of around that four four fifty, four eighty price. You've got Witherden um, as I just scroll through them because I've forgotten everything about football. Um, you know, you've got Doherty, that price as well. Nick Haynes is just over 500K. Luke McDonald was creating a buzz all around that price. A lot of them will be very heavily selected. Ryan, I don't think will be, which uh, excites me quite a lot. No, I, I think he's a fantastic player. Do you have another lock in that side of yours, Patch? I do. Lockie Neal. Of course, Lockie Neal. Lock, Lockie Neal. That's it. Send the tweet. I don't think we really need to elaborate on Lockie Neal. He's good at football, um, has been good at football for a while, will continue to be good at football at Brisbane. Just first player picked, basically. Um, and, yeah, it's it's boring. Not much to talk about, but uh, Lockie Neal. Well, I mean, the, look, <laughs> he was our lock last year. He's our lock again this year, 134.3 average in the midfield. Uh, obviously, he had some game. There was a couple of weeks there where people were like, oh, my God, he's falling off the cliff. What have I done? But you can't pump out 2,284 points in a year without uh, being a bloody gun. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that don't start him. He's this. I think he's the second most expensive player in Supercoach. Damo, is this someone that you've got locked into your team? He was one of my first selected. Yeah, he um, no brainer. Just build your midfield around him. And the one thing that we love about him not only can he pump out scores, he plays a lot of games. Uh, so he played every game last year, every game in twenty nineteen, every game in twenty eighteen. He's basically missed two games since twenty fourteen. He's just consistent. He's a he's a beast and. He didn't slow down in the finals either. So 99 in that first final and then in the prelim pumped out a 158. So he's just a beast. And he dominated the Blues in the final round, 142 points. Who would have thought? He outmarked uh, Levi Casbolt in the goal square. Let's not talk about that. Let's to, please give me a trigger warning before you mention Levi Casbolt, my uh, <laughs> uh, 2020 F6. How does it feel, Patch, <sighs> when you log into Supercoach and your team from last year is still there? And it's got Levi Casbold in it. I don't know if there's... Surely there's a German word to describe how I'm feeling. But it's just... <laughs> it can't be put into to common English. Uh, it's like a, a mixture of anguish and guilt and regret. All wrapped up in a just a, a big old just middle finger. Right into my face every time I open... Super Can you coach. screenshot that forward line and post it for us? We'll post it on the Jock Twitter account. Maybe. <laughs> Can we talk about something else, please? All right. Let's talk about my locks for 2022. And I have another lock E, 
in Lockie Whitfield of the GWS Giants. He comes in at $561,000. He is a defender this year, which in of itself is enough to make me select him. But I love this man. He, uh, in his last 11 games of 2020, he averaged 115.8 points. Uh, that's a lot of points for a man, and I think he can maintain that that output. And even if he doesn't, even if it decreases by five points, averaging 110, which I think he's more than capable of doing, is something I like in my super coach players, fellas. Um, mm. I know for the entire year, if you just look at the entire year, he did only average 104.5. I think he can actually increase on that. I think the second half of the year form is what we would expect to see more than the first half because he did have that injury-affected eight in there, which is going to drag down that average enough. So I think we can see another 110-plus averaging season from Lockie Whitfield. I think he's going to play you know, a majority of the games in. Amo, yeah, do you reckon he plays in Heath Shaw's kind of rebounding defender role? He's locked into that defense, so you still think he'll he'll run up and down the wing for the Giants? Sorry I still think playing. he'll run up and down the wing, to be honest. Um, they've drafted, they've drafted uh, Jacob Ware, and by the sounds of it, they've pretty much drafted Jacob Ware as a plug-and-play replacement for Heath Shaw. And look, I think regardless of where he plays, he can score. I think he's got oh, games okay. where he plays in the forward line and he tons up. He's got games where he's in the back line and he tons up. There's games where he splits time across the ground and he tons up. I just think he's a very good super coach player. He turned up on the bench against Carlton in that one game that Josh Kelly scored 267 points. <laughs> yeah, when they played about 16 players against us. Yeah, great yeah. times. He uh, also, just an interesting tidbit, which blows my mind. When I read it, he's signed until the year 2027, which is the future. We should have flying cars by then. That is Jeez. insanity. That's that's a long time away. That is a <laughs> it's long, a long, time, long away. time away. Goodness My God. other lock for 2021 is one Zachary Merritt patch. Ooh, I know you're going to get again. very excited. Zachary Merritt is a lock for 2021. Oh, Averaged 100 and. Essentially averaged 116 for 2020. Just confusing my brain trying to work that out. But here's, here's the big thing. He hits free agency this year or restricted free agency, but in the AFL that doesn't actually mean anything. He's a free agent. It's a contract year. Players just, they put their best foot forward when they want money. It just makes sense. He's the best player at Essendon. And over his last six games, entering into the end of last year, he averaged 127. And he was just saying, Carlton, come trade for me. And they didn't, but that's because they're going to sign him as a free agent. No. This man is going to explode this year. He is going to be a top five midfielder this year. I believe he was seventh last year. I think he's just going to jump a couple of positions into that top five. Bang, lock him away. I love it. Damo, what are your thoughts there? Obviously, we don't need to hear my thoughts because I've had a sudden rush of blood away from my head. Um, what do you reckon of that? I think he's actually a really good selection. I've just had a look at his end to the year. Only one score below 119 from round 13. So I don't know what happened after round 12. Someone... He was riding a bullet or something. 
he kind of got over that injury he had for a little while there. He was playing kind of a bit injured. Essendon were playing rubbish. We, I mean, we kept playing rubbish, but just rubbish with a good Zach Merritt in the team. He uh, he came back from that suspension as well. This very soft suspension. Oh yeah. Um, look, I just, I mean, what can I say? I think he's awesome. Um, he averaged a hundred. If if my maths is correct, which I think it is, over his last twelve games in two thousand and twenty, he averaged one hundred and nineteen point four. Now I don't know if that maths is correct because I'm trying to do it on the fly on the top of my head, but that's a lot of points. Yes, as as an independent authorizer, I can verify that that is indeed a lot of points. And he doesn't miss games either. And I think he's unless he gets flawed. suspended for stupid things. Uh, well, you know, yeah, wants to lynch him for, but. Anyway, we won't go into that. Well, yeah, he's missed two games in like the last five years. I just think another guy, you just, he's going to take his game to that next level. And I think his floor is 110. So if that's his floor, lock him in. Yep, lock him in. Good calls all round. Um, shall we go into some stocks? Yes. Stonks. Stocks. What are we, what are we investing bye, in bye, bye. this year? Buy, buy, buy Bitcoin. Damo, Damo, who are you investing in this year and why is it 12 Fremantle players? <laughs> I actually think uh, I I think my luck has run out with Freo players. I think um, Andrew Brayshaw broke out as a bit of a – that was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek thing for me last year, but it seemed to work out, so I just wrote it and – until it died. Cool. So um, we're steering clear of Fremantle players then. We don't have to hear about any more Fremantle players. No, I have okay. selected a Fremantle player, but you can thank Baron Von Kloe <laughs> for that one. Here it comes. Here it goes. All right. <laughs> Who is it? But I'll start I'll I'll start with the easy one, the one that makes the most sense first. And I'm going with Jackson Hately. He's not a Freo player, so don't confuse yourself. Yeah, hang on. I'm just trying to find it on the footy wire Fremantle tab. Wait. <laughs> So Hately comes across to Adelaide from GWS. Played six games last year, Damo. Let's let's talk about him. I just think he wasn't given the right opportunities in the right role at GWS. I think he will pretty much take over from Brad Crouch in that midfield role. Um, I don't know if he's going to be someone who we keep but he's definitely someone who's going to rise two to 250k just because he's going to play every game that he's available, you'd assume. And he's going to score well because if you remember in his debut game in 2019, he scored a 95, followed that up with an 85, and then, and then was in and out of the team, played random roles, from then on. Random roles and then he, in and out of the team. A young midfielder at the Giants. Say it ain't so, Damo. <laughs> and then and then this year he started the year with 108 and then again random roles in and out of the team um, at the Giants again. So I think he's going to lock down a specific role at Adelaide and I think he's going to rise quite sharply in price. What do you reckon he'll average out of interest? I think he will average low triple figures, so 102. At 310K, he's a classic mid-price madness player, but I think he's in my team. Void of significance, they're 
talked and talked about how they want him in, they target him, they want to give him that midfield time. He's going to get it. It's just what he does with it. We know he's got a reasonably... We've seen that he can produce scores, so I think, Damo, you're right. He might be a player that we start, has a couple of poor rounds, people start questioning, and then as he warms up, I think that's when he's going to really hit his straps. So, Damo, I really, really like this stonk. Yeah, he's he's the textbook mid-price player. Like he ticks literally every box, which is why I love that you've picked him and you know highlighted him early because you know a lot of people will gloss over and look for a pod. You know they'll look for for someone else around that three hundred k who you know one of those people will get to shortly. But um, you know he's moved to a new club. He's got that void of significance. He's young. He's in that like breakout vein, and that he hasn't played all that many games. He's just got you know the thirteen games under his belt. This is his third preseason fourth preseason he's just prime candidate for not necessarily a, a you know 115 average but if he averages 95 he's done his job for us if he averages over 100 amazing lovely we'll try and upgrade him at the end of the year um yeah good call very very important to highlight and not gloss over just how much of a hate how good hately will be as a uh, as a stock to buy into and Let's you can thank Baron. You can, <laughs> you can thank Baron von Crow for this last. You, for this, you uh, can try and second try one. and palm this off, Damo. But we know, we know, we, we, we know, know the truth. We know the truth. <laughs> so behind the scenes, Baron von Crow's been he's been looking at the twenty twenty breakdown. So he's looking at at six game intervals, but for um, each players, and he sent me Freo's as a bit of a as, as a bit of a, a preview of of this content that I assume will be released very soon and one player caught my eye only one. adam chera all right adam chera talk us through adam chera pick five in that uh that big old draft wasn't he that's it that's it three picks after andrew brayshaw um he averaged 90.2 for the year but from Round seven, he averaged 97.5. Yeah, so that was across 11 games, if I'm reading this data correctly, Damo. That is correct, yes. So so now mid only $484,800, weird price point. Um, But yeah, certainly plenty of upside. That's my concern, Damo. At 480. Breaks out, averages 100, maybe he averages 105. It's an awkward price point. It's between a Jackson Haley and a Sam Walsh. So talk to us about him. What do you like? How does he fit into this? Uh, how does he step up in this Fremantle side? I can see him playing a more uh, inside, outside sort of role rather than just outside like he did to finish the season. Um, I mentioned earlier that Luke Ryan might be called on to have some midfield minutes with Fife playing forward. I think they see Adam Chera as that class that will be lacking with Fife forward to attend the stoppages, extract the ball from stoppages, and just bring it to the outside like Fife would do. Um, so I think he's going to have lots of that responsibility, and I think he's going to be able to do it um, – because it's what he was drafted to do originally, and he did it so well in his draft year. 
So do you see their midfield this year more as a Brayshaw, Chera, maybe Mundy's still in there, Fife spending a lot of time forward, and maybe Blake Akers when he's in the side is is dipping in and out? I see it as Sarong, Brayshaw, Tucker, and Chera. Right. So a real youth brigade and... I mean, bad news for Nat Fife, <laughs> if you ask me, if that's how we think it's going to roll. I'm sure he can still turn up in the forward line, but I, I, I do actually see the fit with Chera, and just because I happened to pick him up in a couple of uh, single-season drafts last year, I, I watched him. I had him, I think he was defense-eligible last year, wasn't he, Damo? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so that loss hurts, and, and that's going to make him a real pod as a mid-only player. Look, I'm, I'm not totally sold on him yet just because I think I'd rather s- either spend way less or a little bit more, but I'm open to your genius because, once again, Brayshaw did seem to break out. <laughs> I'm, it is alleged that Brayshaw broke out last year. I'm going to, to come clean on this. I'm not starting Adam Chera. He has to earn his way into my side. Oh, yeah. And I think that's an important learning, which we'll go into um, in in subsequent pods in that, you know, the game has kind of changed and we can wait on some of these players. Um, So I think that's, yeah, very good caveat there. But my my big but here is that chair is 484, 800. My stonk to buy straight into 495, 100, Matt Rowell. Like there's there's like 10K difference between chair and Rowell and Rowell could average 140, 150. Who knows? Rel is the second coming of Gary Ablett, but unfortunately I can't support you in this, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Talk to us about Matt Rel Apacharu. Uh, he's good at football. He's the second coming of Gary Ablett, and you've basically you know, spoken about, like, that's, that's basically it. Um, he that, did that, break the beast calculator. He did break the beast calculator, which, you know, is it... Is it technically a form of disparaging the beast calculator? That is technically know. a form of, yeah, um, it is an offense. He, he did get booted. He got, he scored six <laughs> in round five. His shoulder got booted. But before that, he scored 80 in round one, 171 in his second game, 141 in round three, 114 in round four, and then got injured. He averaged 102.4 in his first season with a six in there. And he scored six in like a minute, like he was off two minutes into the game he'd still scored six points by that stage like i don't know what else to tell you pick matt rowell you know maybe he won't be you know he won't be the top scoring premium like he won't top off knocking you know top off Lockie neal he but i think there's a serious case that to mount that rowell will be in the top 10 by season's end look i was gonna i was gonna smoking barrels matt rowell i was gonna talk about all the reasons I don't want to pick him as much as I love him. And I initially said he was going to be my first pick along with Sam Walsh. I'm going to take him out of my smoking barrels because I think you're right. I think everything you've said is, I mean, he's he's a he's going to be a fantastic super coach player. He spent I, the back half of last season coaching. Yes, with his little journal. With he's his a very... Journal. Like he was like... And he's tucked in pants. And he's... T- Tucked in shirt. Perfect human. Like, how do you, like, five games into a career, you're suddenly like, oh, Matt, you're injured. Do you want to come, like, coach and, like, sit in the <laughs> coach's box and, like, learn literally everything from an off field perspective? Like, he's, 
like they had to tell him to go away and like, don't overdo yourself in the preseason. He's keen. He's, oh my God, I love him so much. Here's my one concern. I, and look, if he shows me in the preseason what he showed us last year, great. No no qualms with picking him. I'm really worried that Gold Coast are going to be super uber conservative with Matt Rowell and, and his shoulder and trying to look after him. They don't want to see a Gary Ablett 2.0 where he does his shoulder and keeps getting hurt. I'm worried they're going to be any signs of even tiredness. They're going to, you know, fuss about him and put him in cotton wool. They've got a million midfielders now. They've just drafted three or four potential guns that because the AFL has terrible rules and they're allowed to draft them without consequence. Uh, they've got Noah Anderson, who was legally the best super coach rookie last year for legal reasons. I'm just worried that um, that they'll be really really conservative and it might hinder his output for us. You know what? That, that's fair. That is a fair concern. And there's every chance that that happens. Um, but I'm, I'm just not, yeah, I don't know. It's it, yeah. That's about the only knock I could see on him. And it's a fair one, but he's, he's second picked for me. Um, the other one that I picked really early. Uh, just before you move on patch, I've got another concern about Matt Real actually. Another concern? Another concern. You, is this going to be you disparaging the beast calculator again? <laughs> no, no, no. This is more a concern for game length and the fact that he impacted in a small, in a shorter game time last uh, last season, meaning that his points were probably might have been more exaggerated because of the impact that he had. Um, whereas we're now we're returning to the quarters as they were previously. And it's more of a game. It's more of a game that is a war of attrition. And I just wonder if he's going to have the same impact to get the same sort of points in the in the longer format. This is yeah, we, why your head be guy demo. <laughs> That's <laughs> we really need to find out about his endurance. So I actually think there's many reasons why Paddy Cripps struggled last year, but one of them I actually think was the shortened quarters. Generally, a lot of his impact comes late in quarters when he's worked down his opponent because he's got quite good endurance and worked and he just outbodies and outmuscles them for a whole quarter. And then in that final five minutes or whatever it is, he starts to to put on the scores. Do we think Matt Rowell's the same sort of player or is Matt Rowell, because he's young and he's got a small smaller body than some of his opponents is is he going to struggle with the longer quarters is he going to struggle with the more attention over longer periods i think that's a very good point damo it is a very good point and i think we'll we'll end up devoting a podcast or a large chunk of a podcast to that question and who we think some of the the players who'll benefit from going back to longer quarters will be but yeah both both very fair phillips will ah uh, sorry Matt Rao will um, give a lot away. I've slipped the tongue. Uh, will Phillips is the other stonk I'm buying <laughs> into. Um, you know, the best midfielder in the draft. North have basically drafted him to be their future captain. They've given him Brent Harvey's number. Like, yeah, he he'll might not score. He might not average a hundred. Might he's not going to do a Matt Rao, um, but will average. You know, 70 or 80, and importantly, I think he'll play pretty much every week, barring injury. Um, and I, yeah, just the number one rookie for Supercoach in 2021. Yeah, plenty of value from the off-season that uh, North Melbourne have put together. Phillips, Powell, even Jack Zeeble, if he can get on the park at 257k, there's plenty of value Connor, for Connor us. Connor Menadieu, perchance. 
<laughs> We're not talking about Connor Minapu. I think that's a great pick. I'm just looking at, we're already 30 minutes in. I think we need to uh, move on unless, Damo, you've got any insight. You're the rookie expert on Phillips. I'm trying to find it. Someone tweeted something to me that had Matt Rowell's underage, under uh, bottom age stats next to Will Phillips' stats. Yeah, it was um, Chris Dore from ESPN did a thing on that and his Phillips' stats are better than anyone from the year before. Um, yes, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually with Patch on this. He was one of my first selected rookies in my side. Well, I actually thought I had picked him, but I turns out I just picked up a different North player. So I've made that amendment just then. You can probably hear me clicking. Do you have any other stonks or are we moving on to my stonks? And I'll move through mine pretty quickly. Yep, we'll go to your stonks. I've only got we're only doing two two of each. I've done my two stonks. Um what what are we what are your stocks? All right, well this is a guy that is actually was in my team last year. He'll be in my team again this year, and it's Taylor Adams. Coming in priced at 588.8K. Look, I think he's a very, you, you see what you get sort of player in terms of output in super coach. Um, I'm just pulling up my notes here. He averaged 110 for the year last year, if you include finals, uh, which is slightly more than his average um, was in the regular season. So he averaged 109.6, add two more games that bumps it up slightly. Look, I just think he's a great selection. It doesn't seem to matter who's in or out of that midfield or in and out of that team. He had two scores below 94 last year and everything else was well above that. I think he's just getting into into his prime uh, or remaining in his prime. Adam Trelaw leaves that midfield. Maybe there's some points to go around, even if there isn't. I think this guy's a 110 average in 2021. Yes, it was his best year, 2019. He struggled to get on the park. 2018, he had a bit of a dip after a huge 2017. But I think this is reflective of what he can do. And I think he'll continue to do it, uh, particularly as Scott Pendlebury starts to age out a bit. Maybe he spends more time behind or in front of the ball than he has. Still side bottom. Maybe he steps up a bit again, as Damo referred to before. But I just think Adams is locked into a great position. And I'm interested to see if Damo or, or Patch, either of you have any concerns with him. Uh, no, he's currently in my side. My the side that um, we originally published on the website like a week ago. I've already made some changes to it, and he's found his way into my team. So yeah, I'm I don't even remember what that team looks like. The one I posted. <laughs> um, I've got kind of concerns about. He's, he's one who will often like he can get suspended here and there, um, which you know can can hurt when he misses a week or two. Um, has injury history with, I think it was the quad that he missed a bunch of games with um, a few years ago. Um, you know, had, yeah, 10 games in 2019. Um, but actually, no, look, I've just pulled it up. He's, yeah, his injury history is actually a lot better the last four years, um, aside from that that long-term quad injury. So, yep, yeah, never mind. We'll uh, we'll pr- forget that I, I just said some words. Um, who's your other str- uh, stro- stroke? Who's your other stroke? stroke. I'm having yes. a stroke. We're all having a stroke. This one is Jaden Short, 24-year-old, 25 when the season starts, 519K defender, averaged 97 for 2020. But uh, during the finals, four games, averaged 105.5. 
including a 169 in the grand final, which is bloody huge. If you include his finals and his regular season, it pumps up his average for 2020 up to 98. And that's that's not huge, but I still think he's got I think still think he's got improvements to make. I think the Basher Hooley factor I was a little worried about, but when Basher came back into that side, Short had already established himself and it didn't really impact his scoring. He's the future of that half-back line for the Tigers, and uh, he has the ability to push up the ground a bit. So I just think natural progression plus what I'm looking at as an average of 98 for last year at at 519k, I think it's a bargain, and, and I think he's just got a lot more upside than guys around similar price to him. Uh, my main concern there is how do you fit him into your back line? You've got maybe, what, one, two rookies on field, maybe you'd gone chock a block back there and you've got one, you've got Zach Williams, you've got Rory Laird, you've got Lockie Whitfield, you've got like Jake Lloyd, who we haven't really spoken about, averaged 122 last year. Luke Ryan, I've mentioned as a lock. Uh, we've got other players back there who are good at football. Caleb Daniel, Nick Haynes, Adam Saad. Like it's just, there's, how, I don't know how you fit him in to that. Look, it's, I mean, you've got to make decisions. Adam Saad's not one that I'll be jumping on again this year. I know I joked about uh, having an all-Carlton backline. He's someone I'm going to give a miss this year. Guys around the price that I enjoy, I think Haynes is going to dip a bit this year. Luke McDonald, I'm not going to start with. Uh, Jack Crisp, yeah, you can mount an argument from him, but I think Jaden Short's the equivalent of Jack Crisp, but cheaper. Uh you're right. It is hard to fit him in, particularly because a lot of people are going to have Jack Williams locked into that side because he's so cheap. Jake Lloyd, not currently in my Supercoach team, in my updated one. Uh, I don't think I've started him in about four years and I've suffered every single time and I'm probably going to do that again this year. So, yeah, it, it, look, it's decisions. I've got to look at the fixture a bit more, but I just think I think there's a lot of I'm, – I'm buying stocks. Yeah, I'm, I'm not knocking the selection. I'm just trying to figure out how you, how you pick him. Is uh, Well, is you can't pick them all, can you? No, no, that is very true. Damo, it's time for two smoking barrels. Who are you shooting in the head? I'm going to start very, uh, very vague and just say any Geelong Ruckman. Because yep. Yep. Chris Scott has no idea how to utilize a Ruckman properly. Wait, did Geelong have Ruckman? Apparently. Sometimes. Hmm. And my second one, Patch, you're going to hate me is Dyson Heppel. Oh, no, I completely agree. People <laughs> who are picking Dyson Heppel, what are you doing? Why? Stop, stop picking Dyson Heppel. Stop it. He's going to get cheap ball out the back. I No, he's, I, no, he's not good at... How much is Dyson Heppel? 310-ish. Hmm. No, Lake Dog. <laughs> no, I'm shutting this down right now. Terrible selection. We'll go through it as we go through the teams individually during the preseason. Good call, Damo. Good call. Thank you. Who are you shooting in the head, uh, Pacharu? Um, well, I'm going to take an extension on uh, on what Damo's just said and just go any Essendon player who f- whose first name doesn't start with Z. <laughs> so Zach Merritt is a lock. Yep. What, what, I guess Zach I, Thatcher, that's his last name. Yep. Uh, oh, Zach Reed, I think, is the only other. Yep. Zach Reed is the only other player. I wouldn't wouldn't pick him, but maybe just not shoot him in the head. Um. 
I Fair mean, enough. A lot of this isn't super coach reasoning, but there's just, I don't know what their midfield looks like, who will get shoved forward, who will get shoved back, who will be played out of position, who will disappoint me each and every week, who will hurt me in ways I don't want to be hurt. I I can't do it. I just, it, Jai Caldwell's a conversation worth having, but. Just, what about Nick Hind? He's going to play off half back. No, no. I thought that's where Dyson Happel was going to play. Everyone, yeah, they need to make up back. their mind. Evan Smith's playing off half back. Everyone's, everyone's playing off. Just no, no. I don't, I don't know what's going on, and I don't want anything to do with it. Um, speaking of things where I don't know what's going on, and I don't want anything to do with it, the Western Bulldogs midfield. Uh, I've also written that down. We're going to be doing. It's, it's going to be well, taking a beating. I mean. I'm not, I wasn't really going to say anything aside from the fact that they've got 43 midfielders on their list and then a really tall midfielder in, um, what's his name, Tim English. Tim English. Uh, well, yeah. they, did, they did get Steph Martin in, so they do have a Ruckman Steph, there. Steph Martin in his prime was just a really tall midfielder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, like, I, I no, I'm not having a bar of it. It's just, it hurts. It's the worst. No, don't even. Ah. Josh Dunkley is forward eligible, so yes, yeah, you can you can mount the argument that he'll be a top six forward because he'll played some midfield time. Will it be a case of him playing in the ruck again? Will he play off half back? Will he start on the wing? Will he swap with Jackson McRae from the forward pocket to the bench to the? I don't know. I don't want anything to do with it. Shoot it all in the head. Just just. Like, do you do you have anything to add to that? Oh, Damo, you mentioned you had Josh Dunkley in your forward line, and and I can see why. That's going to go one of two ways. Either they're going to appease him because he wanted more midfield time and more money, and they're going to give him that, or they're going to play team ball, which is probably what they should do, and they're going to keep playing him in the forward line because they can't fit him in the midfield. So, um, Damo, you've got Josh Dunkley. Is he a a lock? I I currently have Josh Dunkley. I I do not. I'll I can't bring myself that. to select him. But I don't know if he stays there. Sorry, Damo, what, what are your thoughts on, on Bulldog Ball? Josh Dunkley is in my team, but he's probably the least locked player in my team at present. So I'm happy to be talked into other players. Um, just he's filling a hole at the moment and he fit in that hole nicely at the time. I'll tell you this, my most likely to be selected Bulldog mid is Adam Trelaw because he's the only one who I know where they're going to be playing. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, that likelihood is still, what, 6% maybe? 7%? I mean, he can't play anywhere else. I mean, (laughs) that's not going to stop Luke Beveridge, and you know that. That's a good point. All right, let's move on to the final... uh, Double barrel. smoke and barrel, whatever we call this segment. Mine is Dustin Martin. Not interested. I know he's uh, forward eligible, 540k, averaged 101 last year. I think he's someone I can buy into if I want to. He's someone who seems to start seasons slowly, uh, averaged 89 over the first five before kicking into gear in the middle of the year. He's getting older. And I just don't want it. I just don't want him in my team this year. I think there's better options to start. I think Dangerfield, Sidebottom, Rowan Marshall, these sort of guys are better Whoa. forward options. Yeah, agreed. Damo, what are Josh your thoughts Dunkley. on, on 
Oh, geez. Settle, settle down there, Lake Dog. Um, Damo, are you, are you on the, on the Martin train? Are you off the Martin train? I'm not on the Martin train. Um, I think he's a different player in the finals. If he ha- could carry his finals form all the way through the year, we might be talking differently about him, but I do agree with Lake. I think he's someone you can eventually buy if he decides that he's going to care about the season at any point. You're going to get him for 400k at some point in around round five or six, and I think that's when you get him. And if this is the year that he decides to start off super strong, great. Good for those who start him. I'm not interested. Yeah, and just the, this be the final note we'll, we'll make on him. But the last five years, he's averaged 105, 108, 119 at big tick, 103, 100, and 100.8. So... You know, it's, it's pretty clear that 2017 was that irregularity in Martin's scoring. And will he be back to that ever? Who knows? But but I he's a 100-point player, and that's fine, and that's yeah, great. Oh, he, yeah, he's good. But there's better options. There are better options. He will drop in price. Uh, so why not just shoot him in the head? Um, by our there's logic. not a heap of better options looking at the forward line, but there are some better options. There are some better options. We will talk about that in more detail. The footy preseason will ramp up as BBL begins to wind up a bit. Um, gentlemen, anything else we uh, we wanted to mention? Any no, other just make sure you... Barrel's references we wanted to cram in here? Uh, no, I only watched the movie once and I don't remember any of the references. I just know it's your favourite movie of all time. It is my favourite movie of all time. I think it's in your Twitter bio, isn't it? Is it? Maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, make sure you're tuning in to all of the BBL content. Support Azza and Dill, who have come on board and done a huge job. Damo obviously killing it, as always. And all the lads are doing some great work behind the scenes, which will come out for the footy season. I've been Lek Dog. Thank I you for joining us. Patch, right, where can people find you? Uh, the internet. Or my house, but I'd prefer you find me on the internet. And Damo, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, at DamoSC. Thank you to Telebeats for the intro music. We love you, community. It's good to be back. Uh, you'll hear from us soon, I'm sure. <laughs>